0: everybody welcome back to the culture surfing podcast this is lance robertson here with you today unfortunately no we couldn't make it due to time constraints but he shall be back uh we have something special planned for y'all um on the eve of the nba off season at least uh, in terms of free agency since there is a crap ton of trades being announced uh we're excited but as promised we do have a draft pod for you and i'm very excited to have this guy on um safe to say he's one of the more smarter draft people on my timeline, and he also has some kind of affiliation to the Mavs, uh, at least in terms of uh, coverage. Uh, So who I have with me today is none other than Twitter's Mavs Draft, a.k.a. Richard. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, I'm excited. I appreciate the introduction. Yes, of course, man. I'm telling you, um, when I started following you... um, I mean, I have, I have people on my timeline that are draft people, but a lot of them are just people that are kind of like, Oh, well, the draft is coming up. So let me start studying and half-ass researching, you know, no offense, but that's kind of what we all have to do when you cover the NBA to a large extent, you really don't have time to look at college prospects all throughout the year, you know? And as I mentioned to you off, off, um, off the pod, you know, I used to use draft express exclusively, um, for my scouting needs. Cause I mean, Like they had Luka Doncic like years before he was like a household name. Like they were talking about him. So I was always able to keep tabs on players like that, man. But, uh, so just before we even get into the stuff that we have planned today, like just tell me how you got into like the draft process.
1: Yeah. So I, it started like, it starts way back when 2004, uh, (laughs) I was a magic fan growing up too. I mean, I'm still a magic fan, grew up both Mavs and Magic cause I'm from Orlando, um, in 2003 you know the generational like best one of the best classes ever uh happened and then the magic had the number one pick last the next year so uh it was kind of two things came together i, I loved lebron as a rookie and uh, i was like wow i wonder if i could find any of these guys before they come in like and i remember Mecca, oak forge white howard were together and after that every draft was like christmas for me so and then in 2017 i uh I decided, you know, I was in a relationship. I was like, man, I probably should uh, not be flooding my timeline like with all her friends and everything. Like, they all follow me. They don't care. I was like, I'm just going to create a basketball account. And uh, my very first tweets were all about like how Donovan Mitchell would be perfect. I had like 20 followers at the time. And uh, I was like, man, Donovan Mitchell on the Mavs, he would be awesome. And it kind of stuck. And uh, from there, you know, the rest is kind of history. i created the site just to put it out so I'd have <laughs> receipts. And it's turned into a lot more, obviously.
0: Yeah, speaking of your site, I was actually uh, on it, looking at it. I was kind of seeing uh, what you had in terms of a mock draft, and uh, we're just going to get right into it now, man. Uh, my first question is uh, surrounding uh, LaMelo Ball, and as people may or may not know, it seemed like he was towed, towed, uh, touted as the uh, top three pick. Yep. And for some reason, it's, that has changed in a lot of people's mock drafts. Um, ESPN is still kind of holding on to that, being that they have been – you know, promoting him as a, a top three guy, and it doesn't look like they're going to let go of that take. And whether it's right or wrong, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but I will. I'm on the record of saying this draft has a lot of uh, bust-like quality. It's, it's it's just really to me, I'm afraid of this. These top two or three picks. I think we might end up seeing like uh, some better picks, like you know, later on in the lottery. That might end up being the ultimate, you know, better players of this uh, class. But sticking with uh, LaMelo Ball, it doesn't look like you have him in your top three because I actually was going to ask you about that. Um, it says here, mock drafts, Monday of draft week, mock draft. Yep. Uh, you have him slotted um, going to the Chicago Bulls, which is – that's the fourth pick. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. I that, I that Man, I feel like so much has changed since I posted that. I posted that Monday afternoon, and, like, the entire NBA landscape has changed entirely since. So I'm not confident in that mock anymore at all. I do think that he has a weird range. I could see him falling as low as Detroit, which would be mind boggling because he's a top three talent. Like him, just pure talent. Like even I I don't really know how to describe it. like he could fail, but like his he's so good at basketball. Just raw talent. He's amazing. Uh like his upside is pretty exactly, high, but maybe But he could maybe he could his floor is kind of questionable. Yeah, he could be out of the league so quick and, and I don't know where to mock him. The entire top five is just impossible for me. And I completely agree with what you said the best player isn't going to be someone from the top 10. Um, I'd, I just, I'd be very shocked. And if it is, it's someone from like seven to 10, not, not in that right. top six. Yeah. And
0: that's why I was telling you, I'm excited to watch this draft because usually it's like, okay, well the top three is gone. So it's really not a thing to watch this draft unless there's trades involved, you know? So that's how I usually look at the draft. Cause you know, we're the NBA is such a star heavy league that, you know, usually the the stars or at least from what we know the stars are gone the first couple picks as at least how they you know promote it and i just think there's a lot of different personalities a lot of cool um origins for these players like it seems like there's a like a couple of more like lottery uh like foreign lottery uh, lottery talents so and we'll get into that later and uh you actually have another guy uh uh, in your lottery that i want to talk about a little later man but for the optimist for Lamelo Ball, why should he go in the top three? I know it's against everything you said, but I, I'm just curious as to why people think he is a top three talent. Because I remember watching clips of him in high school, which is kind of crazy to say, but I mean this guy's like chucking up half court shots, and it just seems like he's the ultimate um, NBA 2K rec league player that you don't want to play with.
1: Uh, a six eight point guard that uh, that can handle the ball, uh, obviously point guard. Has unreal instincts, just knows how to play the game. Um, it's just that player doesn't come around often. He's a walking triple double, even if it's like 11, 10, and 10. He's still going to be that guy who he just does everything and like how impactful he is. Who knows? But I think he's always going to get his numbers. Um, he's he's just a really unique talent. I mean, that size skill combo is just unprecedented.
0: Okay, yeah, it's fair, man. Uh, I'm kind of excited about him too. Um, I mean, when Someone like you know Mike Smitch from ESPN, you know former Draft Express um, founder and all that. Uh, if he's going so hard for him, I'm kind of like optimistic about it, because um, that guy's to me like I like once again, I know I keep talking about harping on it, but Draft Express, Draft Express was kind of like the draft bible for me. So if that guy's saying that he's like legitimate, because I know um, the ringer, I think it's a uh, Kevin O'Connor. He did his own draft guide, which is kind of. Definitely different from what I've seen anyone else do. He's he's really low on him. And I know some of the other other reports are surfacing, rumoring that Lomelo Ball is falling. But, you know, that could all just be draft positioning. Um, I don't necessarily believe it to be true. I, I, I know that there has been some uh, prominent GMs in the past that have done it themselves and, and just so those players could fall to them. So I don't really want to take too much stock in that. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited, uh, to see Lamelo ball no matter where he goes, but quite honestly, um, I wouldn't mind seeing him go to Detroit cause they do desperately need a point guard. And it also would stop them from like overpaying someone in in free agency. And I think the fan base just needs a young player, uh, to get behind. Um, but other than that, yeah, um, the Warriors, I'm not really big on Lomelo going there. I don't see it being a fit short or long-term maybe I'm short-sighted on that uh Charlotte yes of course I would that would be interesting to see him there even though they do already have an influx of point guards I don't know how long they're they're gonna have those guys but I mean they already have a depth chart you know that's at least two or three point guards deep um and then the Wolves of course with uh D'Angelo Russell I I mean I'm not
1: seeing it so yeah 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 I mean, the duo fit could work. It would be horrible defensively. Um, and potentially Charlotte. I mean, I feel like if you're one of those teams, like, I, I feel like Minnesota, first of all, they got to trade out. Like, they could use Devin Vassell more than they. And maybe I'm just too, looking at this way too literally, but like, they could use Devin Vassell or someone like that more than they could use Lamella Ball. Like, does that make sense? Obviously, like, the star power is there, but like, one, how does him and Delo fit like cuz obviously they're very serious about keeping duo and um cat together. So you kind of have to appeal to them and I mean there's just fit concerns all around with that. And I just I feel like there's nobody at the top except I mean you can't really reach I don't think for fit at number 1. Um I, I think they have to trade and and I'm scared to see that because all my mocks are going to be completely off. So <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean it's I could see it maybe in Charlotte. You have to just swing for the fences. You're one of those teams. I think. Yeah, it's it's a weird. Team. They don't need them, but they do. So
0: uh, just kind of, you, you just brought up a good point. Uh, so a lot of people do. They get too worried about drafting by fit, and I can understand if you have like a star player there at that position, you definitely don't want to mess with that. But what is your take on drafting uh, fit versus you know just best talent available? What is usually what's your typical stance on that?
1: yeah so if you're in the top like five or ten i feel like you have to always go best player available unless there's very special circumstances if you have someone who like like you said i mean they're they're just exceptions like the spurs for example when they had tim duncan like or i'm sorry with david robinson that was a bad example let me not use that for someone that just has like you said it they have a cornerstone they're number one the wolves should not be taking a shot creating big man if there was one you know that is just not something they need to do um Cause clearly he's an all-star kind of player. You don't do that. I think you just go best player available. Um, kind of let the talent work out. Cause I mean, basketball is a game of the talent. That's the one sport I think where talent trumps everything. And I don't know. I, I think that's where you go. If your team passed the 10th pick, start going for fit. Like, I mean, we'll get to this, but Dallas like does not need to go best player available. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah. I can't wait to talk uh, Dallas down the, the pipeline. Um, so, you know, uh, Wiseman, James Wiseman, I've been hearing a lot about him. The first time I heard about him, it was like something about him not being eligible uh, for NCAA. I really don't know exactly what happened there. I'm kind of wishy-washy on the law of the NCAA because I, I really find it hypocritical. So I really don't take much stock into it. I, I think it's silly. And these guys are obviously – most, not all of them, but a lot, most of them are not going to finish uh, – Collegiately, they're not going there for four years. They're going there for one or two years and just trying to make money for their families. So I and then if someone comes from, you know, not a lot of money and you offer them a lot of money. I mean, it's a no-brainer that they're gonna take it, whatever. Um, yeah. but anyways, I've seen him. Uh a lot of people are saying he makes sense to go to the Warriors. I kind of agree. Um, especially with this trade market, I don't know. Like it seems pretty steep, like what people are gonna ask for these borderline star players. Um, and people might actually, or GMs might actually expect, uh, the Warriors to give up this second pick and then the future Minnesota pick. So I'm thinking it might just be better for them to keep that Minnesota pick and just draft uh, Wiseman off of fit. I mean, cause their center play is kind of lackluster. Looney has been hurt. And yeah, I think, um, Taking a chance on Wiseman and just having him in a great culture, I think that'll be a good move. But there's another guy I want to talk to you about. Uh, I honestly have never seen any clips of him or anything. So this is why I'm asking you. But I've seen him climb up in the boards. And I've seen also people say that he's a better, uh, like a better center than Wiseman. And that's uh, Onyeka Okongwu. Uh what, is, what is, okay. So can you explain to me in just a couple of sentences what is Okongwu's
1: game? Yeah, defensive-minded, he's going to be able to guard one, uh, not one through five, like some wings and bigs, uh, can stay on the perimeter, switchable. He's really intelligent, just really gets the game. You know, a lot of plays are run from centers doing handoffs to the top of the key. I, I felt like he is one of the very best. This is such a minor thing, but I love his passing upside because of this. He makes so many good reads out of dribble handoffs, That and it's such a common play. That and pick and roll are the two most common plays, and he thrives in both of those. Like he knows how to play those so perfectly. Like he's so advanced for advanced for a nineteen year old. Okay, okay. So
0: even if he's not like, because it looks at least from what I read, Wiseman could very well be like a star, but it seems like a Kongu could be a better fit for, you know, because it just seems that centers are not unless you're like Nikola Jokic or or Bam Adebayo. It doesn't seem like you necessarily need like a star center to really get you far. And a Congo could definitely fill that hole and turn you into maybe a contender to like a legit championship team with, you know, rip protection and switchability, which is obviously what we know is like one of the main keys for a center staying on the court, you know, is being able to switch with the faster defenders and things of that nature. And of course, guarding the rim. So, but
1: in your mind, in your opinion,
0: is a Kongwu better than Wiseman?
1: Yeah, I have him number two. I have Wiseman six. Um, I'm all in on a Kongu. I don't think he's like BAM, for example, but he does have a lot of the similarities, like a lot of shades, the athletic uh, thing that he needs to work on. Like, this is going to be what puts him as a number two player. A lot of times at USC, he just played below the rim, even though he's really athletic, just kind of settled for layups. Um, the thing for Wiseman, I like him a lot more than Draft Twitter. Uh, there's a lot of people on Draft Twitter that have him close to 20. I think that's outrageous because look, he doesn't, he, he has a bad feel for the game. Like that's not, I don't really think that's really up for debate. He doesn't really get it, but that's also not an end all be all trait. Like it's, there's been, I mean, we've had MVPs that just don't have great basketball IQ or, you know, anything like that. You can overcome it if you're good enough. Like talent is still the most important thing and he's probably the most talented big man. Uh, It's really the IQ that separates it for me. Uh, I also don't really know how to evaluate him. I mean, we saw three games. I don't hold anything that happened with, like you said, the NCAA is stupid. Like, there's no fronting it. He got kicked out of. They basically find him. They find an NCAA player who's not being paid because Penny Hardaway gave him finances when he was like a senior in high school to help him live better. The horror. I know it's it's terrible that someone would want to help someone. Like, very. Someone difficult.
0: wanted to help a kid. Yeah, an, an unfortunate kid. Shame on yeah, him. It's wow. So
1: I don't hold anything against him on that. Um, I do think he got hurt, but also kind of helped by the fact that he didn't play much, but, like, super athletic. He called himself a unicorn when he was choosing Memphis as a senior. There's a lot of upside. I mean, he could bust, but, like, you're – I don't know. He's he's a really talented player. Like, you, you miss, you miss. I don't know. There You have to be the right team to take him. I personally wouldn't with Golden State. I feel like with Golden State's system, you have to be pretty high IQ, and Acongu uh, fits a lot better with that.
0: Okay. That, that sounds awesome. Um, yeah, because I've seen a lot of people really – and you could cuss on your shit on wiseman uh and it's kind of like yeah. i kind of get it you know the nba is going a different way and but i still have a soft spot for centers uh this is i'll share with everyone my worst draft take of all time and that was uh jalil Okafor should have went number 1 overall i was
1: with you i was and with you
0: i know a lot of a lot of people in the moment were even saying no but they no one envis- envisioned it was going to be that bad so it's kind of like I still want the the big man position to mean something so I don't I mean I don't wish anybody to bust right we don't we don't want no one to bust but to to say wiseman should go like number 20 is just really going against the grain just just to do it you know it's kind of being a rebel without a cause like why even go that low and say nope. something like that it's crazy to me you know it's a contrary, Yeah though. like it's it's like it's okay to not think he's like top 3 but 20 is just come on Cause that, that would just mean that you're saying that a lot of like draft experts are just not good at their jobs at all. You know? Um, (laughs) So like in terms of like sleeper picks, I really think this draft, like we were saying earlier is, has a lot of them and there's a couple of names and we're going to get right into it um, that I keep hearing one guy. I keep hearing someone try to compare him to Harden, at least, uh, it was more so, I guess, because he was left-handed. I don't know, uh, but Killian Hayes, uh, a French point guard, right? Um, yeah. yeah, it seems like a lot of people think he's going to go to New York, or that you know New York wants him. I don't know how true that is, but that's the rumors that I see on the top Twitter timeline. And Isaac Okoro, which that the latter of the two, that's the one that I'm most intrigued by. Uh, being that you know, of course, the wing is the most sought after, especially like three and D. But it, from what I read, it seems like he's NBA ready in terms of like body and and mind. It seems like he's a, a lot of people are saying he's a smart player. What your what are your takes on those two gentlemen, uh, especially uh, Isaac Akoro?
1: Yeah, so I'll start with Akoro. He, I think there's one person in this class that should be compared to Andre Iguodala that like actually is a fair comparison, and it's him. So he has one flaw, and it's the Golden State. At all, not not Philadelphia. Two completely different players. Um, but he does everything, everything at a high level, except one thing, which he does terribly, which is shoot. the uh, The thing that I'm going to go all in on him for, though, like I think he's seventh or eighth on my board, um, is the fact that he has quick feet and his feet aren't off. Like I've always felt, uh, like if you have your footwork down, you're going to be fine. It's a lot better to have your a solid base on your jump shot than solid follow through or you know any upper release. So he's got that going for him, unbelievably hardworking. NBA frame, like you said, I mean, he's jacked. So he's got it all. He's going to be a great defender. He can run the offense a little bit. Uh, His shooting might hurt that. The question for him really is just how much does the shot hold all of his positives back? Um, With Killian Hayes, he's fourth on my board, so I can't really call him a sleeper. But uh, with him, I mean, the the best way I've described him is like, You know, a lot of people look at the top three. That's like where everybody looks, you know, those guys have the most star potential. If there's someone who isn't a top three prospect that could probably be the best player in the draft, it's him. Uh, Not James Harden. He is a true point guard. And he's not D'Angelo Russell. He is neither of those guys. He's Killian Hayes. I don't know who his comparison is or should be, uh, but he's going to be around for a long time. He comes from a basketball family. Like he's really raw, has no right hand, and can still just absolutely kill anybody on the court. Like he's – He's got it. Like he's quick on defense. He just fits the profile of what you need as a star in this league. Like he's got the frame, everything. It all checks out. Okay,
0: sweet. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Uh, as you know, the Mavericks have an affinity uh, for French point guards, yeah. <laughs> going back to <laughs> Rodrigue Boubois. So, you know, if he's on the Knicks, whoever, I don't mind. I- I'll watch him play, man. I'm, I'm, I don't know why I've, I haven't been this psyched for a draft in years. Like, and the Mavs <laughs> don't even really have like a top pick, but it's just so fun to see these names that, you know, that you could just put in the hat and any of them could be in the top three. Now I, I wouldn't mind. Um, but you were talking about Isaac Okoro. My next question is
1: the best wing in the draft. Is it safe to say that it's Isaac Okoro? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think it is. I Yeah, it has to be. It's, I mean, depending on how you classify Denny of Dia, that's just what it comes mm-hmm. down to. I mean, if right. he could be a power forward. So technically, yes, he is the best.
0: So, um, speaking of Denny of, how, how do you say his name? I'm sorry, of Dia, Denny of Dia. It's a Denny of Dia. So I've heard that he cannot shoot, but he he has a decent handle. Um, but but is he like defensive uh, defensively? Is he slow? Mm-mm. How would you categorize him? No, he's decent at defense, at least from you know not maybe not NBA level, I guess, but from where he was playing.
1: Yeah. So he's. I hate to, I hate that fact that I'm going to say this guy's name twice, but he's also similar to Iguodala, the two way playmaking forward. Um, he's really good on defense. I think that's his best selling point. He's a good athlete, uh, moves well, incredibly intelligent. Like in in all the FIBA games where he was the best player on the team, he was doing everything. He was protecting the rim. He was guarding point guards. Like he's he's good. I it wouldn't shock me to see him potentially number one.
0: Okay, so see, this is why I like talking to you because I'm. So once again, I am of the elk of I'm trying to listen to people that have supposedly listened to draft, seen draft stuff and like looked at game tapes. And I just listened to a pod. I'm not going to name it because I do like this pod, but they were going on about how Denny was just really slow and not responsive. So that's why that's why I asked a question like that. So thank you for letting me know. I I trust your expertise because you watch it all the time. And this is what happens NBA podcast. Please, guys and ladies stop acting like you know when you just seen a couple of highlights you know this is what happens you know you look silly so this is why i'm going into this pod usually i guess i'll have a little bit more information but this is kind of like i'm just learning and we're learning together audience but once again richard thank you um but I, i'm ex- but other than the defensive stuff i was already excited for this guy cuz i've heard a lot of, of good things about his character and just uh, his feel of the game you know and i'm i'm a sucker for um International prospects. I just am, you know. Even before Luca, I I was I was big on on taking it. Like KP, when all the Knicks fans were booing him, I was like, y'all are silly, man. Like if you got to know that these guys have been around the game for longer than a lot of these college players, so you know, at least from IQ standpoint, you know, you know, I I take I take it. Um, But yeah, never mind about you know. I don't want to shit on any more other podcasts about you know just putting out. false information um so once again we've kind of already talked about this you know when i brought up james harden for killian hayes like someone tried to mention that what is the weirdest draft uh comparison you've seen this year uh for or at least for this draft class is this from
1: anybody or a reliable person because uh
0: just for the sake of i don't want to you know I'm not a big enough podcast to just be shit on people. You can yeah. say if it's from a legitimate person to, but I mean, you yeah. can name a few one or not, but you don't have to. No, name no. Who they are. I
1: would gladly call this out. So it's from complex today. Uh, they decided to say that James Wiseman was bam. He's not nearly at all. Anything like him.
0: Uh, He's not as fast moving as bam, right? Is that what we're, I mean? Is that why we're equally or that's defensively?
1: That's where it stops. Equally athletic. And then that's it. Like, yeah, same size. That's you can't, Someone said Patrick Williams is Kawhi Leonard, and I believe I'm one of the biggest Patrick Williams fans on Twitter. I would never once put him in the same breath as a superstar generational player like Kawhi Leonard. And then someone put LaMelo Ball as Penny Hardaway, which just isn't it considering Penny Hardaway had one of the best first steps like ever.
0: Right. LaMelo Ball
1: has the best, the funniest thing I've ever heard about LaMelo is he has your uncle's uh, first step. Right. I don't think of athleticism
0: or uh, agility or quickness. I'm thinking of like playmaking. (laughs) Yeah. But not the first step that's going to kill you. Okay. That And see, this brings me to another point. When has that ever worked, no. the draft, like when you compare them to like a legitimate star?
1: It's it's rare. Um, the only time – I mean, I, I personally will not compare someone to an all-star unless it's like a one-time all-star. The most I've ever done, my most outrageous one was I compared – Donovan Mitchell to Devin Harris, who apparently I'm undersold, but like <laughs> that was, I was like, fairly oh, undersold. And there.
0: I'm, a, and I was all about, uh, well, I was, I hated that the Mavs traded Devin Harris for kid initially.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. No, I, I didn't like it either. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's not a top five player, I just, I stay away from the all stars because most of the league isn't an all star. And most, and, and if you do the right, purges,
0: it's and it's just very unfair to those prospects, yep. man. Like you're just putting them on. Now, unless you're LeBron and you put the chosen one on your back and all of a sudden, yeah, of course, you know you compare him to Jordan or whatever early on. But right, it's just so unfair to the prospects that are really not asking for this unwanted pressure because they already know they have a lot of it. But what do you say about remember when they um, when it was uh, people were comparing uh, par- uh, comparing Bradley Beal to Ray Allen? You remember oh God, that? I
1: forgot about that. I forgot. Yeah. about that that one. You, it wasn't that. Doesn't seem that bad no, now, but I guess. still. Hmm in the moment i was like i don't know i mean it's because everybody wants like nobody wants to hear that somebody is like dante jones you know or dominique jones nobody wants yeah. to hear that because most players end up like those guys though most players end up yeah. playing five years they end, they end ride a bench because yeah if you i mean that's a third of the team doesn't play most nights that's a lot of people and and in bad draft classes too like it's just next year there's some generational players like there's probably two go ahead and throw whoever. Like, I think on those guys, they get whoever they, anybody they can be thrown at, you know? It's just, if you're a role player, please do not compare him to a superstar. Like, not every, not every guy who can play defense and kind of shoot is Clay Thompson. Not every, not every skinny young point guard that can shoot is Steph Curry. That's another Tyrell Terry is being compared to him. They're not the same player.
0: <laughs> I think the only one that made sense with the Steph Curry, I guess, is Trey Young. But even then, like, I guess just for his willingness to shoot the deep three, uh, but yeah, I'm with you. But but and to be honest, I think it's a part of it too is just to have like casuals like me like to have something to go by, right? And I guess that's what I mean. And then maybe it's just people being lazy, but I I think most of it is just for for people like me to have something stick, like a name stick, you know. But yeah, I I kind of am all about uh, dealing away with the. Uh, to comparing to, you know, yeah. all stars or hall of famers, you know, yeah. like comparing people to magic Johnson, that should be off limits. That's insane to me. And, and it's unfair to the prospect. I'm sure the prospect does not want to hear no. that. No. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we were talking about, uh, the Mavericks and this is not necessarily a Mavericks podcast, but people that listen to this know that me and Noe, my co-hosts are Mavericks followers, supporters, fans, whatever you want to call us. Um, and in light of all these trades that are going down with all these draft picks, and the Mavs, I mean, they're not necessarily in the best position to get like um, anything huge. It looks like with with who, with what they have, uh, the 18th pick. So I still, but I still think that they're going to trade it in a package. It's just going to be announced after draft day. Like I'm assuming that the Mavs, whoever they pick, are picking for someone else. Do you think that's fair to assume? Yeah,
1: I have three. I mean, there's three scenarios, and I'll I'll start with most likely to what I think the least likely, I guess. So I do think that uh, they'll trade up. I'm I'm fully on with that. 1831 and whatever else they can squeeze in to get to like 10, 11, 12. Um, so that I think is a very likely scenario. They've they've worked out a lot of guys that are like in in the 10 top 10 ish range, which they're not going to be there. Um, they're just not things like that, and they usually don't let that. Out, I don't know that. That's weird to me. uh I don't think they really keep the pick. That's just completely unlikely. I'm, I really don't even have too much to say about that. If they do, maybe they stash them. Um, but then the least likely, I actually don't even see them trading out of the draft. Which a few weeks ago I would have been very okay with, but now like, how crazy? With how crazy this draft is going to be, I, I think you kind of have to. If you don't move up, you have to see what like you have to play the waden wait and see kind of game.
0: Yeah, this is, and also this is probably their last time that they're going to be picking this low or high, I should say. Yeah. So they might as well take advantage. Like, uh, a month or two ago, I'd have been like, just trade the pick, but now it's like, man, Drew Holiday just, uh, like, just raked in three first round picks, like, and I didn't even think he was going to get two. So, if that's the price for someone that's not even, like, that's just a one-time Eastern Conference All-Star, then, what's the price for, like, legitimate players? So, yeah. I, I can't even imagine. Why could it, I guess I could see it, but man, like Donnie Nelson would have to get like a trophy for being able to like trade up into the top 10. Um, I would love to see that because I, this, like I said, the last time the Mavs picked this high and also kind of keeps them, you know, from making any long-term deals to where it messes up our messes up Dallas's 2021 free agency plans. Cause I, I don't know exactly what they could get, but at least the mark is a lot deeper than just what it is this year. Um, Cause <laughs> Fred Van Vliet and some other players, Anthony Davis is obviously going to re up with the Lakers. Like there's really not much else out there. So I I'd, I'd rather Dallas kind of keep their chalk dry. And also in the process, getting a young player that can grow with Luca and also backup plan, you know, for when KP's hurt or when they're, you know, I guess a uh, little managing him because I think, uh, for the rest of his career I think they're just going to have to be very careful with how they uh manage his minutes which is smart. Uh I don't think he's ever going to be a 70 to 75 uh game player ever again at least in terms of regular season. So it yeah. would be nice for Dallas to get, you know, a lot of re-level talent. But yeah, I I'm with you on I'm with you on them maybe trading up uh I mean if they could just get honestly 12 to 14 range, I would be satisfied with that. Um, so there's one other wing. I, I, sorry, I didn't put this on the, on the rundown, but man, it just made me think. Uh, and I've, I've seen this guy's name linked to the Mavs many, uh, many times. Sadiq Bay. Am I pronouncing that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think he's going to be gone by 18. I think he's actually like, in my mind, I think he's one of the three guys they'd be targeting up to move up.
0: Okay. Uh, can you just give me a short, uh, description of his game and why he would make sense for Dallas?
1: Yeah. So, um, so I'll start with why he makes sense. I'll kind of work backwards on okay. this. So, I've compared him to Wesley Matthews. Um, at his best, he's Portland Wesley Matthews. If he's not that great, he's like Milwaukee Dallas Wesley Matthews. Still get a good rotation player, regardless. I don't think he ever shoots like 36% like Wested. That's extreme. But, like, the same play style uh, and impact, I think you get a Wesley Matthews. So, and Dallas has obviously loved Wesley Matthews with an Achilles tear. Can't see him not loving a guy who's like 21 healthy and six, eight Wesley Matthews. So not super athletic, but he's unbelievably intelligent. He's not going to, he's not going to blow you away doing any top end stuff, but he's also never going to do anything stupid. Um, super high floor player. I know teams have him very high. There's, uh, there's some teams in the lottery that apparently have him top five. So like I think he's a guy that you have to move up to get. Okay. So, so you're yeah. pretty much
0: thinking that that's pretty much who they're going after. Like if they're thinking of moving up,
1: He's one of the three. He's one of the three. The other two, I would say, are uh, Devin Vassell, who is—I mean—I dream of that scenario. I'm hearing his name uh, like top ten. Is that off? Yeah, I know he's—he's like anywhere from—I think he'd go anywhere from six to twelve. It's a weird range. Um, I think he should go closer to six than twelve. I think teams just aren't doing their homework if he's—if they're not, or if he's not going that high. Um, and then the other guy, I would say, is—I mean this is kind of cheating i'm giving two but i think one of these guys falls because they're pretty consensus top 10 guys uh which is tyrese halliburton out of iowa state or Obi toppin and, and if Obi is there i might be able to convince myself that i would want him over vassell even though that's not what the mavs need because he is the worst defender in the class i might be able to convince myself that he'd be perfect here <laughs> like that i would do it
0: man it's it's so strange because i mean i'm a longtime mavs guy and for years Dallas just disrespected the crap out of their draft picks you know I remember the Giannis draft uh they had Kelly Olenek they traded him ended up somehow with Shane Larkin you know you know just stashing their draft picks and I get it you know they were trying to get star players even though hindsight is 2020 but it it just wasn't the the right decision you know they should have thought about their future but it's just crazy to think that the Mavs are actually like in the running for like moving up in the draft rather than moving down and trying to get out of it, you know, but with the uncertainty of, um, you know, next year, yeah, you might get a star player. You might not, but why not just build around what you have? Cause I mean, worst case scenario, you know, Luka Doncic is your best player for the next 10, 15 years. I don't think that's, you know, not a bad situation for a team, you know? Um, So we were talking about how you know players that are not even in the top three are probably gonna be you know better than the top three prospects uh, so in the five to ten range, can you name me like just a, not necessarily player names you can if you want to, but like just like two or three player types that are in that range? yeah,
1: uh so in my five to ten uh I mean, I've got Cole Anthony, he's not going lottery probably. Uh, just because of intangibles, but I still think he's a top five player. Point guard, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of combo guard. He's like a Monte Ellis type. Um, depending on how you view that, that could probably sway how you rank him. Um, I've got, I mean, there's it's a lot of wings and forwards. Uh, actually, it's entirely wings and forwards uh, from six from except for James Wiseman. It's seven to ten or wings and forwards. So. um it's that's kind of what this class is there's a lot of unique types there's three and d there's combo forwards which we haven't heard of combo forwards really being this relevant uh in a long time i feel like that's a coveted position and there's a lot of them and that's why i do think that one of the top guys is going to be from outside of the top 10 because the combo forwards aren't really mocked at the top
0: right yeah i I mean we're, we're reaching to the point of basketball where positions don't even matter it just matters what you can do can you switch yep can you guard the rim? Can you shoot wide open threes? And can you make plays? Like, like I know Brad Stevens was harping on that for years, like positionless basketball, and it, it's it seems like it's coming to fruition. It seems like a lot of uh, front offices are kind of seeing that because you know for for years or generations we were slave to positions. Oh well, he's a point guard. How come he's not doing this like a point guard does? Like you were talking about Monty Ellis, a combo guard. Maybe like five, 10 years ago, we would have like frowned upon a combo guard, but now it's like, well, great. He could play multiple positions, you know? Uh, I kind of, maybe I'm wrong, but I kind of see Donovan Mitchell as that, you know, like sometimes he can run the point, but maybe you'd rather him, you know, be the scoring option rather than running the point. Oh man, this is the last playoff run that he had. Like, I don't mind him being either. Right. Um, But I'm excited for the limitless um, surprises that we're in for tomorrow. I know you're ready for it to be over just so you can focus on next year. Um, if you don't mind, uh I know next year's class is a lot better from what I read. Uh do you have like I'm not I'm not gonna ask you to give me your big board, but can you name like two or three names that I should be looking out for next year?
1: Yeah, I'll go with I'll go with some of the low-hanging fruit. I'll give you two the two top guys I think that are generational, and then I'll give you a third who I think is a sleeper. So the top two, Cade Cunningham, you almost have to be all in on. Um he's I, I can't say what i'm about what i want to say but he's got he's six eight i'm pretty sure he's six eight incredible passer kind of shoot really athletic you probably know Shades of, shades of, not at all a comparison. Does he throw? Does he throw chalk in the air before he plays a game? <laughs> may or may not have been who the shades have been about. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> and he's not at all on the level of a prospect. Just to be clear, like nobody. No, I'm I'm not trying uh, to get you colored. Yeah, no, I anything, don't want these used again. I just want to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's they a lot of similarities to him. Uh, definitely generational. Uh, the other guy is Jalen Suggs. He's going to be a Gonzaga. I am all in on that guy. He is the modern wing. He shoots, freak athlete, smart. I mean, that's literally – that's what you want from a wing, and he can create. Um, and he's going to Gonzaga, so he'll look very efficient, which will help him too. Right. The third, I would say this guy's a big sleeper. I thought he was top 10 if he had stayed in this year. Um, he's a – I don't even know what to call him as a position, but from Villanova, his name's Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Uh, he's a sophomore, really great athlete, unbelievably intelligent, uh, good shooter, just does everything at, an, at the worst. Like his worst trait is at an above-average uh, level, so – I'm all in on guys like those, and I think he's got a ton of upside. He barely scratched the surface, I think. Uh, so I'm all in on those three guys. I, w- I don't know if Robinson or will go top three, obviously. But
0: well, I- Villanova I- seems to have a great track record with with prospects in the NBA, even if they're not like star players. They always find a way, like role players, defensive, you know, getting the stance kind of guys. So who knows?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm big on them, and I mean, there's just so much to like. I'll be in okay. Bring your timeline with him. Trust me.
0: Yeah, I'm ready. Um, I mean, I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna tomorrow before the draft. I'm just gonna like look at your timeline and see what you got in terms of footage and whatnot. Because I'm, I'm ready to go down that rabbit hole. You know, it's, so, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've been in in the Alice in Wonderland, uh, Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole. So, so I'm ready.
1: Advice if you want to do that, uh, especially like before the draft, since I've put out videos on almost everybody at this mm-hmm. point because of how long it's been. Uh just search Mavs draft and the last name of who you're looking for. Gotcha. Uh, you'll find you'll be able to find plenty. Uh okay. Yeah. That's what I would recommend.
0: Speaking of Richard, uh this is definitely the time I want you to plug away, man. Tell the people what you got going in light of the draft, you know, coming up.
1: <laughs> yeah. I got uh I'm doing a mock draft that'll be out tonight. Uh so I guess this will already have been out by the time it's released probably because it'll be like in a couple yeah it'll it'll be days. out <laughs> morning yeah today i guess at this point then uh on wednesday i'm releasing two i'm gonna do a final mock of what i think will happen uh hopefully no trades happen the second after i publish it because last night i was about to publish my bucks team needs um i held off luckily i was i was like yeah maybe i'll wait till tomorrow thank god i did um but i'm gonna do two mocks i got one of what i would do if i was in the team's shoes which i think is more fun and then what i think will happen which is just the most nerve-wracking thing of all time uh but yeah no that's and then i'll take a week off and then college basketball is back next wednesday so not really much down
0: and uh, for the ones that don't have you on twitter what's your uh what's your handle
1: yeah it's at mavs draft and then also on mavsdraft.com all the work is on there there we go y'all heard it from the man himself all right, everyone, uh, this has been a great episode
0: of the Culture Surfing Podcast. Uh, please go on Apple, rate us, tell us what we're doing right, tell us what we're doing wrong. Me and Noe really want to you know, hone in and work on our craft. So if there's something we could be doing better or something that you like, we'd love to know. And uh, everyone be safe, wear your mask, have a nice night.